I'm Safia. I'm Jerry. Welcome to Three Swings Podcast. I was, I did not like it. I did not like it at all. Yeah, I just, um, I loved it. I mean, I really, really loved it. Well, clearly. Forever. Yeah, so this is the Three Spoons Podcast. That's not what this is. What is this? This is America. Lord Jesus. <laughs> that was smooth. You see how I got that in there? Come on, y'all. Give me some props for that. I'm going to give you a prop. Come right. on. Give me some props for that. That was very smooth how I introduced that. Cool. Are you literally yeah. looking for the writer for Diddy's? Okay. This is America. Ah, y'all can't see me right now, but I'm doing a dance that... It's vaguely reminiscent of what Childish Gambino mm-hmm. did in the video. I actually did the little screw face that he did, did in the beginning. I actually did that in the elevator while we were coming up right before this. I've done that trying to get at something that my fingers couldn't fit into. <laughs> That's definitely a face that I've made in angst. I mean, clearly we have a national treasure on our hands. You think Childish Gambino is a national treasure? I mean, he's an international treasure. I do. But at the same time, in his own alter ego's words, Donald Glover cannot save us. <laughs> like, he cannot. He can't. He can't. So let's speak to the, the absurdity of the video. <laughs> because it's a perfect microcosm of what's going on today in America. Like, the absurdity of it all. All of it. But you go. Well... You- <sighs> Yeah, it speaks to the absurdity of it. Not necessarily that the video itself is absurd. Right. But it's, you know, it's definitely an indictment of the things that we, we're having to deal with and just being okay with that shit. And that's the thing that was throwing me about it because it gets jarring and then it gets comical. And that's kind of how we've been living <laughs> our lives. Exactly. Just a, a jarring comedy. But yeah. when you see it, it looks absolutely ridiculous and insane. Like, what kind of existence is that? But it's really a mirror up to our our current existence of like what's happening today. Like, Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss wrote that verse. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Nah, I like that. Now that you now that you say that, I can see Kiss rhyming now. <laughs> yeah, and he sounds better than Diddy, so. Oh my God! Yeah, look, what he what did he gonna come and have a problem with me? Ain't nobody got swag like Diddy though. No, no, Diddy is a very diddified swag. Yeah, his own swag. You gotta give that's a talent. You gotta give him that. Shit, <laughs> that's real shit. That, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. Like you can't if look, there's no he's a rarefied air. There's no Diddy, but Diddy. There is no Diddy but Diddy. Fair enough. Um. It was weird, though, because I don't know if this was all a marketing ploy that worked out really, really well because of the cultural significance of the video. In addition to the fact he's also dropped music and he also showed up and did a wonderful Saturday Night Live episode. You know, it was one of the brighter spots. But, you know, no, let me not take anything away from what Saturday Night Live has been doing over the last year, to be honest. At least since um, Orange Julius has been president, there have been some wonderful snl sketches and not even just reducing it to the things that they speak about donald trump just in general they've been pretty funny 
for so the, the last thing. year or so. Here's I don't know if it's been inspired by the times and the absurdity of the times, but you know, it um, Santa Live is funny again consistently. And not to digress from what we're here to talk about, this is America, but when I was sitting here this morning watching SNL, um, I, I said, I was just like, you know, I get that Donald Glover is doing a really good job hosting SNL. I was like, I get that. But so to me, this is the creme de la creme of SNL. Like this is from my perspective as a viewer, this is really the best that they can offer me. And to me, you mean this one episode? Yeah, like this, the quality of this episode to me, like that kind of caliber. Like, if I'm gonna get a like a, an excitement, if I'm gonna get a reaction out of, if you're gonna get a reaction out of me for SNL, it would be from an episode like this. And even this, I'm just like, yeah, it's cool, but it's just not for me. I think SNL is just not for me. No, it's across funny. the board. I'm, I'm listening to you say, it and I'm realizing that the only reason why it was really good to you is because you can relate to what was being said. Which is, right. you know, wildly subjective, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. But um, it's my but it, opinion. Like, it, I'm not saying it's a like a bad show, or but I'm just saying like it. I have a like I know I didn't realize like as you were talking about it, I could tell like, hey, this is someone who has watched SNL over the years, decades, what have you. Yeah, because there are times when it dips. Yeah, like, like I, I can, know, yeah, I can tell funny. you were speaking to the you know the the run of the show like yeah. that. you you know, and I can, and I wanted to, I didn't want. To sit here and perpetrate like I was coming from the same perspective. Like you had uh, yeah, the authority. No, absolutely. I'm not the authority of the agency to say something. That's probably the fifth ep the fifth episode I've watched in its entirety. Oh wow. Yeah. So you well, you were too young to watch Eddie Murphy. Um Right. He has yeah. a different experience. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no. Um the the show the show goes through, I guess, its peaks and valleys. And right now it's in one of those peaks um it's been it's been riding pretty high for a little while though. They've um they've had at least even when turning over cast, they've been doing some really good things. But in speaking to this specific uh episode and its correlation to the subject matter, this is America, um just dealing with the the randomness of, you know, how many emotions that you have to be in control of on a day-to-day -day basis. Because you're dealing with wild, wild shit. Like, we still are eating off of somebody unarmed getting shot the shit out of or killed. Um, Two black boys just got hung. Somebody like, got just, hung. That was just a couple weeks ago. Right. Like, they were literally abducted. Like, they were yeah. picked up after a gas station. They were at the gas station. Like, they were literally hung. Yeah. That was just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that's not heavy news, but it is news. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, motherfuckers literally in the editing flow is like, you know what? We don't need to page one that. We don't need to cover stories. Yeah, it's that. not important enough, which is news within itself. Right. Which speaks back to what we were talking the about. The absurdity. Like, the absurdity of America that the president of the United States, in his campaign before he, you know, was elected, would dictate the letter of his health record to the doctor and then have the doctor sign it and then have one of his goons pick. Cause that's what we got to call it. They're thugs. You know, y'all quick to call a black man in a hood a thug. Like, no, Trump is literally rolling with thugs and, and they're not the smartest of thugs either. And they but definitely you, don't have the best of intentions. You've like, never heard the moniker intelligent thug. 
That's not a thing that happens. They're thugs. I mean, you can have a strategic thug. No, there's never been a strategic thug. <laughs> that phrase doesn't exist in a lexicon. That's really? not a, that's a, that would be a new thing. That would be five, really? six, 2018. What if maybe it's just never been named before? Like you know it's why it's never been named before? Because it's never been there before. <laughs> maybe we just didn't know what to call it. Maybe they, we, up until now, we were just grouping thugs together. Do you know an, uh, a strategic thug? Honestly. I, I've known some thugs that have navigated strategically through some raging waters. Only thuggery. <laughs> that is it. That is all they do. They just do Why thuggery. are you minimizing it? Because fuck them. <laughs> so... I'm not advocating for thugs anyway. Exactly. But no, seri but seriously, like he misled the entire country. And someone was just like, no, for real, like any other time, that would be front page news. But it literally lost its sauce in about three hours. Because there's just too much going on. Like the absurdity of it all. Like, let me tell you about the absurdity. So, because you know everything with Trump is about Obama, is about taking a jab at him. And Hillary. And Hillary, um, but, but really about Obama. And so this fool was just like, yeah, the last administration, he tweeted this, has been trying to get um, three peop three detainees out of North Korea, um, you know, for, for release for however long, but it, it's going to get done, right? Somebody, Jake Tapper tweeted, tweeted at him. It was like, Mr. President, two of those three detainees were arrested while you were president like what it's like the absurdity like if it doesn't get more absurd than because the thing is if you're willing to lie about these tight what scares me about trump the absurdity of it is the pettiness like that whole thing with his doctor's office and how he sent his head of security, his personal bodyguard, who was at the time, Pete Schillen, who was at the time the head of chief of security at the White House, right. so in his official White House capacity, to go, he broke every damn HIPAA, every HIPAA law, and steal the president's medical records and his picture off the wall because he said that he prescribes you Propecia. <laughs> like, the, the pettiness of it all. Like, that's what's scary like is the pettiness like it's it really is absurd like and i feel like donald glover's video well chat is he going by donald glover now or is that just the acting name Should we can call him because we know he's the same person we so know him at childish gambino no i know him as donald glover really yeah your first introduction to him is donald glover See, oh because you probably watched community yeah i never heard of community until maybe about six months ago wow so there's that and he also wrote for 30 rock if i'm not mistaken so, you know, he goes back. No, my first acting, my first introduction to Donald Glover was on Girls. Wow. So he was already a couple albums in as Childish Gambino. No, Donald Glover, the actor. Right, I understand yeah, that. No, but, but you... Childish Gambino, I've known. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't know that, I didn't know that nigga was acting. He's writing, <laughs> acting, he's doing all sorts yeah. of wonderful things in his, yeah. in his space. But yeah, you know, so looking at that, looking at the video and seeing how jarring it is and seeing how emotionally jarring it is and then recognizing that it's just a reflection of the things that we've been going through. And it was weird, you know, now I'm talking about it now. It's not something that we're, this is new for us. It's not new for us. I think it's just the fact that it's so much and it's so easy for it to be available to us in varying styles of media that it feels like this is the craziest time life has ever been but it's not 
it it isn't it really isn't you know we see these things and these are the, the things that we see on in in these varying media are the things that we've been saying have been happening but nobody gets to see it except for the people that it's happening to in real time mm-hmm. so you hear the horror story but you know what shit that shit don't happen to me but you see the shit and now you have a visual record of it you know and it's like oh shit like i just watched somebody get killed in front of his woman and his daughter yeah and you know what's crazy you almost feel sorry for the cop because the cop looked like he was shook i watched that video again it was hard to do i watched that video again he looked so shook in his violent nature that there was no way he was going to have that conversation without pulling his gun out first. He should have never even been a cop. Well, he shouldn't have been a cop in a neighborhood that's unfamiliar with him. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you can't be a cop, you can't be a cop. Not there's uh, specific things. Like, teachers are teachers. And then some teachers will choose to be like, you know what, I don't want to teach children. I will teach College, uh, I won't teach uh, grade age sk- kids. I'll teach college age kids because my preference is this. But that doesn't mean that they can't teach grade level kids. They can go grade school kids. No, it, they just do what is more comfortable. Hold on, I challenge you on that. Okay. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they can't do it, but maybe they're just less effective at it. And so the same, the same train of thought with police. Like I believe police should be, because I think that's part of the problem is too. Is like no, we're not saying that we should discredit your fear. We understand that there is a fear that is taking place when you go every single time you have a traffic stop. But so if we can't address if we we can't if we can't necessarily have conversations to address that fear and take care of it, then or eradicate, then you know what? You should be in a community policing people that look like you so you don't have that inherent fear. That's bullshit. I'm gonna tell you what and I'm, I'm, and I'm not meaning bullshit to you. Let's be clear because I do bullshit. think that that's part of it is that we have people policing communities that they they're not familiar with that you know they don't think about little things like gestures you know like a head nod a handshake something like that where in a community that could mean you know a hello a very a welcoming thing and somebody could see that as a threat if they're not familiar with the culture of that community that's all I'm saying. That's why I, I do think there is something to having people only policing areas that they are f- themselves familiar with, that they live in. Yeah, no. No, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Well, no, let me, let me be clear. I think that that's an easy way out for people who are being addressed as cops. You can't navigate what's going on because you're not familiar with what a human being is doing. You don't need to be a cop. You shouldn't have hired. You shouldn't have gotten hired. You should have. You should not have applied, because it don't matter what neighborhood you're in. If you are you in any point, you're gonna be you wherever you are. So let's say it's a bunch of Latinos. When I, I think the kid was a Latino cop, the one we're speaking about right now mm-hmm. with Philando Castile, if I'm not mistaken. So he's in his Latino community, and yeah, he's familiar with gestures. But let's say that the gesture that he's familiar with in terms of aggression is something that the guy is doing, but not out of aggression, but out of just being nervous. That okay him to shoot him because he was familiar no, with it? No, because I'm not saying this is an either or thing. My, my response 
to that because like I said definitely there has to be police reform in the way that they're trained the way that they excuse me the way that they're hired you know trained etc before they get on force and vetted vetted exactly exactly I think in like other countries you know you're on there's training for like upwards of a year some odd places you know other countries their police officers don't even have guns so you know you know totally my whole thing is you you I was replying directly to your statement about when you were watching that video and you saw like a genuine fear in his eye. And I don't think it has to be an either or. I didn't see his eye, just well, how he was conversation, the yeah, conversation. Yeah, like you saw a yeah. genuine fear. And like my my thing is, I don't think there has to be an either or. Um, like it doesn't have to be, oh, these people just shouldn't be cops and aren't trained properly or, um, you know, or and it can't be about their fear, like having a genuine fear, because I do think some of them do. But I don't think we can just completely discredit it. Like I think we need to... T- actually talk about it mm. and i don't think they're doing that also and my there's other- a resistance too to talking about it and that's the part that i don't get like what is the resistance to talking about it well because they are supposed to be killing us apparently that's right. the resistance that's, oh because that's okay so it's blocking the agenda it's I blocking you. the agenda Fair um enough. what was i about to say also my attitude about the shit and, and how crazy this shit has been and how it continues to be is even with this kid, that kid or those other cops, they're doing these things. These things happen and they go in front of a jury and a jury is like, yeah, that's cool. That's the that's that's the crazy part about it, because I'm OK in the terms of the worst thing ever happening. If a cop kills somebody unarmed, if they go to jail. Because when. You talk about black on black and white on white crime and all that and all this shit that happens. Cool. But them motherfuckers go to jail. These cops ain't even going to jail. These cops get to go home to their families and figure out what their next plan of attack is on Tuesday. Uh, Well, you know, I'm probably not going to be a cop or I'm going to be an administrative version of myself somewhere. And they get paid while they're thinking about this, while they make this decision. Which is crazy. So there's that. So, but like we go through all these things. But this is America. Things, but we go through all these things, and now, at the same time, you still have to deal with that stress. That uh, just traffic at this point could be a death sentence for you, right? Not the car crash, the the, the stopover mm-hmm. could be could be a death sentence. You can't go to a gas station without worrying about uh, in some rural area without worrying about possibly being snatched up yeah. and hung, apparently. Yeah, that's a genuine concern to be walking around with today in 2018. And you still have to be gainfully employed. Also, you have to make sure you look a certain way because now you just can't be you in your own skin. Now you have to look like somebody in order to move, you know, well through our society because identity politics doesn't just end with politics. It ends, you know, it's also with the identity. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you got these body sculptures happening and everybody's beginning to look like everybody else, you know, body sculptures, Are you, you know, just with the face, the ass <laughs> shots, the tits, Jerry you know, said body sculptures, y'all. I'm he trying to be nice sculptures. about it. You know, motherfuckers running around. Did I tell you about like that rappers. Uber ride where the chick was in there? She was leaving the club. She just got an ass job probably within that week. Oh, yeah, you there. told me. Yeah, that and was And she was wild. talking about the ass shots in the mm-hmm. car. Yeah, she was actually like kneeling, like sitting on her knees. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I Uber. mean, the people, yeah. the, the the things that people are going to to be accepted in the world. Isn't Kay Michelle going through something like that right now? Where I she's have getting her, no um, idea. she's getting her shots removed. So I think they were infected or something. They probably were. I mean, she's a little piece of a woman, so it's like. Yeah, she that's a lot of weight me. on that ass yeah, yeah I hope I hope whatever she's doing works out for her because you know there's no re- it in my head and I don't know what she was going through it was no reason for her to get ass shots because I don't know functionally how much sense ass shots make because you know you always hear me say this niggas don't give a fuck there's no dude who ever said hey you know what that pussy would have been better had her ass been fatter that doesn't happen. But see, that's the thing. That's implying that she had garnered his intention, attention enough to even make it to the bedroom. I think the issue why they're getting the shots is so that they can get the attention. I don't think they're worried about what it feels like for the person after. They need to get the. They need to get in the bed first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that does make sense. That makes sense. <laughs> But like, you know, I mean, like this, this is America. All of this shit is crazy because like, you know, you sit there and and, and it's all moving very quickly. You know, what's crazy. Like a, another like absurdity that's happening in America right now is that niggas is still getting locked up over weed today. Niggas still getting locked up over weed? Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, the government, the federal government is really trying to clamp down on that shit. So yeah. we are really running counter to yeah. what the state's issues are, which is weird considering the administration that's running things now because their whole platform, <laughs> exactly. their whole platform was what smaller government. Meanwhile, the Department of Justice is on some shit like, if I catch a motherfucker with some weed, he dead. He might as well be, he might as well have flown the planes into the towers Absolutely. as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. That despicable elf of a man. Um, and because Trump and McConnell are filling those courtships with those judge seats at like an alarmingly fast rate, they are ensuring that that kind of right wing conservative agenda is like a staple in our judicial system, our criminal justice system. But here's the crazy shit. While they're doing that, their cronies are also becoming investors in legal weed business operations. Oh, so they yeah. still gonna lock your ass up. Yeah, yeah. But if they don't lock you up, they still gonna get your money. Or they're doing, I saw one pharmaceutical company, the, the main, literally, they were the number one lobbying company against marijuana, right? And they're not a lobbying company. But you know what they're doing? They're making a synthetic marijuana drug. Yeah. So they just need to get... Because they need to get that money. Mm-hmm. But I want you to be high. I just want you to be high on my shit. Yeah, on my drug. Because I'm just saying, I've, I've seen... I've seen drug, literally legal and illegal drugs. I've seen them all take people out. Except for weed. It's the only drug I've never seen somebody that somebody might die over. So and I'm just the saying. challenge with synthetic weed, and it's synthetic weed is killing niggas too. But I was about to say that's the challenge with synthetic weed. Synthetic weed offers you the opportunity to OD. You roll a blunt or roll a spliff or smoke a bong, there is an end result to that. Yeah, that happens in that space, and you're done. Pills, you can always take all the pills. You can't smoke all the blunt you just can't and it be a thing you gotta put the blunt down because the action takes more than just swallowing pills right it just yeah 
Because because it's not like you can smoke all the weed at one time simultaneously right at the beginning. By yourself. By yourself. You can't do that. There is a progression that has to happen. And you can't smoke faster than, I guess, your high can get to whatever that... We can't smoke fast enough to get to whatever that point There's would be. There's an excellent way of functioning when you're smoking something mm-hmm. in that regard. But your ass can sniff all the coke and take all the pills and be out. Because mm-hmm. you be out. But you're not going to be out smoking a spliff or a blunt. You're not going to be not, out. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You could drink enough liquor, though. You can you can get liquor poisoning. You can alcohol get liquor poisoning, poisoning. Off of and, one night. And die. And die. Not, let alone what happens if you try to get below behind the wheel. Right. That's a whole nother ball game. But yeah, so these motherfuckers is out here making synthetic weed, saying that that's the shit that they want you to do. They don't want you to smoke like you want to smoke. They're clamping down on the government, on that side of the government. But they're, but also, they're also talking about we want less government. And they only really want less government because they don't want to get checked on their shit. Look, their opinion on matters, the, and this is the absurdity of it, changes based on where their financial interest lies. And what power they have. And what power they have. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it really comes down between money yeah, or not, power. It's not, or it's not a moral agenda for them at all. Yeah. Because at the same time, all of this is happening. We're talking out the side of our mouths that marijuana could be the answer to the opioid crisis. That also could be a thing. So it's just, again, this is America, like the absurdity of it all. Like in California, like, you know, I think it was even in New York, they were supposed to be like, we were storing felon rights. And I think somewhere that is actually not really a thing. Like he said, like Cuomo said it, but there's still He's like, saying that shit for um, votes though. Yeah, but he actually, there's actually a review process. Like he made it seem like it's just an automatic mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, no, that's not what that is at all. And, um, but Cynthia Nixon is talking that good, good. Um, D- well, she's Dixon. also trying to get votes. Um, that's true, but she is talking that good. She's, it feels authentic. It feels authentic. And I'm like, she gonna stop having to troll me. I'm not moving back to New York. I'm not moving back to New York to vote for you, Cynthia. Stop trolling me with this good, good that you talking. Cause Cynthia's she t- talking no, some really nah, good cause shit. Nah, because she's talking that privilege talk. And, and I think that's important. I was just that. Um, shout out to my line sister who just got her PhD um in psychology from uga i was actually at their graduation on on friday Good in athens her. and um did you know that in the world um there's less than one percent of the entire world population that holds a phd i can believe that i didn't think it would be that like that small at all why not don't nobody like write no fucking dissertation in a defense <laughs> who the fuck wants to deal with the defense of the dissertation and writing a dissertation <laughs> Who's trying to do that? But she did that. She did that. In any case, um, her commencement speaker, um, her Dean Spangle, I believe was her name. She was a white woman. Mm-hmm. The woman was, I mean, it was, it was probably the most woke commencement speech that I've heard. Um, in, but, you know. you know, academe always has the luxury of being woke, though, because it's still inside of a silo. Here's the thing, though. But in, yet and still, it's the first time I've really heard one like that coming mm-hmm. from someone that looked like her. Right. Um, she talked about the privilege in education and what, you know, and, and, and really kind of just talked about what, because of the having, and that's why she did the whole less than 1%. She was kind of laying that case, like, because you have this privilege, like you have to understand the responsibility that comes with it. Like you have to, you know, do enough good to match that responsibility of that privilege. Mm -hmm. And I think the absurdity 
um, with our current political climate and really kind of our cultural climate is that you have a ton of people who are completely just not even remotely cognizant of their privilege or whatever it is that they little, whatever little privilege, but they're matching it with as much negative corruption as they possibly can to get as rich as possible. And, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm blown by that. I'm, nah, it's, 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 I'm a, not a blonde, I'm, but at the same time, all jokes aside, I, because y- y'all know, f- for all our listeners, our loyal listeners who have been with us from our 20-some-odd episodes, um, y'all know I can get into my Twitter rabbit holes and, you know, like, I just, I just be, I get lost in the news and I'm just so frustrated all the time sometimes by, by the things that I read, like, why is this still happening? Like, you know, they talk, they, they, they dragged Michelle Wolf last weekend, but I'm like, y'all didn't even remember the last thing that she said. Like, Flint still doesn't have clean water. Like, no, they remember, they don't give a fuck, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you be giving, I feel like when you talk about I guess I'm going to use the other side because it's easy to use the other side. When you talk about the other side or when people talk about the other side, they really give them way too much credit for being oblivious. These motherfuckers ain't oblivious. Ain't nobody oblivious to anything that goes on here. Everybody knows nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. That's all that is. Because there's no way you're going to talk to me about kids and people in other countries we're separated by bodies of water and your American citizens still don't have good drink. You can take a snapshot of Flint and it'll look like someplace in Syria at this true, point. True, true. Do you know what I'm saying? But you want to talk to me about Syria. But you would think you would invest in your own country way more. And this doesn't have anything to do with the current administration. This is us in general. The absurdity of America. You know, and, you know, and it includes us speaking. You know what I mean? So it's like, we could talk all of the shit that we want to talk about this whole about nationalism and you know the reactionary attitudes from motherfuckers who was like well this is america making america great again that would i would think that would start with removing lead pipes in mm-hmm. some place that has a united states zip code and area code i would think that you can't be any more nationalistic in terms of what your pride is if you're not going to make you know by outside of making your own space a beautiful space right but they're not here for that and they're not oblivious to it they don't give a fuck you know i was just reading um this book review on about the biography of jack london right and this is speaking to the absurdity of it all so jack london is this you know well-loved writer from the 20th century um he's a fantastic writer on, on on a lot of levels horrible fucking racist like wildly racist and anti-american meanwhile there's a place in oakland called jack london square Mm -hmm. you know which is also kind of a smack in the face of the asian community and i don't know if they brought it up or not but he was speaking to the uh destruction of the chinese community in his time like he didn't he thought chinese people should be dead and he was a wild white supremacist it's one thing if Jack London Square is in some place like, I guess, Montgomery, Alabama. But you know, the Asian community is deep. In Cali. In, well, in Northern Cali for sure. Yeah. You know, Oakland, the Bay Area, they, they hella deep there. I use hella because it's also the Bay yeah, Area. Yeah, I heard what you did. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, they wake up every morning and see Jack London Square. Yeah. And that's crazy. 
And that's not that's not to say that your greatness can't exist in your batshit craziness because we we're looking at the ramifications of that existence in real time right. every day currently. So you know you can't you don't have to get you don't have to excuse your genius because you're crazy. But there has to be something that you know we we work off of some sense of balance when we're talking about people who we're supposed to be in love with when they do reprehensible things. But we only do it in regards of the agenda. See, the whole Michelle Wolf shit, well, the motherfuckers was hella pissed off about Michelle Wolf, but we just been sitting for the last, how long has this dude been president? A year and a about half. About a year and a half? Mm-hmm. So for the last two years, we've been hearing him and everybody who's been down with him <laughs> right. say crazy shit. Right. And before he became president, the exact same shit that the motherfuckers who are beefing about Michelle Wolf doing, they were doing about their president at the time. And when they went on the show to defend what he said, what was the first thing that they would say? Oh, you guys are taking it too seriously. It was yeah. just a joke. Right. And meanwhile, he's not a, a comedian. He, he's Michelle not even Wolf. a comedian. Michelle Wolf is a comedian. She was hired to she was be. hired to be a comedian. So not only is that her job, but she was actually so hired her in that capacity. That's yeah, her wheelhouse. Too. Like yeah. if she handed a resume yeah, it would say comedian. Comedian, and they hired her to be a. Com- they were looking for comedians to tell jokes. So, mm-hmm. but you know. But we weren't looking for a comedian to run to the presidency. Run the presidency. Nobody signed we up for signed, that. Yeah, we didn't sign up. Nobody for that. signed up for that. So I don't know where they're coming from with that, unless they're doing it on purpose. See, they're not oblivious it's the to absurdity. it. Absurdity. This isn't because they're they, they know they've been they've been getting away with it, and I think we give them too much credit by making it seem like. They're oblivious. And I think part of the absurdity or part of the continuing absurdity of it all is the fact that we're talking to those people as if they don't know. Right. Yeah. They're absolutely aware of everything that they're doing. And I found great comfort and healing in that in the last week. And that's what's preventing me from really falling into my Twitter holes anymore. Like when I looked at the story um, with Paul Ryan and how he forced the... the, the chaplain. house chaplain yeah. to resign because the chaplain said in a prayer and I hope that the tax legislature that there will be no winners or losers that they would benefit all Americans and Paul Ryan such a fucking thin skinned <laughs> sucker that he was like that's enough that's enough you're I've, out of here I fucking had it with this guy you're praying to your god for equality right. are you kidding me yeah that's you you're out of here that's you you crossed the line and he's it's such a thinly veiled thing and that's how i know these motherfuckers are so tender and they're not oblivious but they said he called them snowflakes they said he making fun of safe spaces right and again the absurdity because the first thing he said was like no um well you know i spoke to everybody and everybody decided that we needed a change in chaplain but you needed a change but you didn't hire anybody to replace him you just fired him it's one thing if you say we got this new guy that we want to use for your thing now you told you him had to go. no backup you had no backup what and- you had was an attitude about a motherfucker calling you on your shit in a church that you was going to because you felt like that was your safe space which is snowflake hating snowflake ass no it's all but like i said i've found great comfort in it especially after the giuliano giuliani chronicles which are still currently going on today like i swear giuliani I just is saw... a godsend <laughs> he really is. but he always has been a godsend he always and he always has been crazy yeah like always yeah but i remember watching the republican national con or the the what was the joint the when they were going there 
the convention when, the convention the republican convention when he was like you know everything is opposite up is down left is right and he was going in the opposite directions i was like <laughs> see yeah he's it's always he's been but that dude i think when i look at that when i think about how you know trump raided his hotel um his i mean his doctor's office when i think about the dictation of the letter when i think about some of the more because like the increasingly stupid stuff is really starting to shine out now like and just how erratic they're behaving like leaking your own questions to the press to prove that there are no questions about collusion, but you didn't take off the questions that were about collusion. Because you didn't understand that the question was about collusion. (laughs) So, like, things like that are, like, in the last week have been so, those, those things right there have been so comforting to me because I'm like, you know what? There's no amount of money, power, influence that can hide that level of stupidity indefinitely. You know, there's just not enough. Where you are with it. There's no combination of it that's enough. Where you are with it is, is it's not comforting for me because this is the lengths that white men will go to protect themselves. It's not comforting because we watch the batshit and the absurdity be played out in large regard, like underneath bright, bright, bright lights. And the whole time people are like, well, you know, well, you know, Obama got, got vilified for wearing a tan suit. They, and for ordering great pont. They spoke about that crazy shit for a week. They talked about they're they're trying to say that oh well all politicians lie when they actually talked about. I'm okay with that. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. They actually quantified it. Oh, Ob- Trump in his first year and a half has told more lies than Obama told his entire presidency. And so that's like oh god that's not that you know let me let me give you, let me give you the numbers right. Trump has told 3,000 lies. And let me tell you about the methodology of this study. Like, because they were serious about it. They didn't count the same lie twice. So let's start there. Let's start there. They didn't count the same lie twice. And they didn't use hyperbole or exaggerations. Those weren't considered lies. They were just talking about straight, objectively false statements. Right. Trump told 3,000 lies in his first year in office. Obama told 18 in all eight years. Come on, come on! But like, that's but that's so don't to t- my point. That's, that's like you. We, we keep trying to use it as a comparative, and it's not. So that's why I'm comforted by it. Like that, t- this cannot be hidden indefinitely. It will eventually. But it doesn't have, have to be to hidden. Like that's the thing about it. It doesn't have to be hidden. They hired of some motherfucker knowing who he was. <laughs> okay, they weren't trying to hide about that situation. They were hiding it. They, they they weren't trying to hide it. They were making sure that you understood. Oh, if this nigga can be president, then anybody can be president you know and that's the craziest shit of it all like you will send your own country into a hole to prove a point that didn't need to be proved mm-hmm. you want to make america great again by making it worse mm-hmm. yeah and you are okay with it and now motherfuckers is taking you to task it's a problem but it was always a problem you should have never done this shit but you will spend your whole remaining time in with his tenure trying to prove the fact that this shit is supposed to work like this. Mm-hmm. And that's the craziest shit. All of the stress that you're causing for yourself and others around you is based off of the fact that at the end of the day, you're not trying to make anything great. You just want to fucking win 
You just want to call it a day. You want to clutch. You want to have all the fucking infinity stones. You want to be able to snap <laughs> your finger and do what the fuck you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And that's they the wanted, crazy They want to have it both ways. Not even both. They want to have it always. always. They want to have it all. And I think that's the pro- It's the greed. It's the greed, but that's what a capitalistic society breeds. Just more and more greed. The more money that you get, there's never a level where someone stops and says, I've got enough. No, it's all, if, if that was the case, then Amazon, because this is, this is America. Amazon, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world, and Amazon Prime membership is going up $10 from 99 to 119 how much more, how much is enough and and that's the problem with capitalism there's never there, there's no marker mm-hmm. there's no marker because because it's unchecked that's, <laughs> a, that's, that's a challenge with unchecked capitalism mm-hmm. so, well i don't know is there such thing as checked capitalism yeah you can make a checked capitalism you can but it's still you know what i'm gonna tell you what it is i'm gonna tell you why you can do that because we make shit up <laughs> these words were not god given god gave human beings and then human beings had the responsibility of doing things in their own way so if we want to say in capitalism that we've decided hey we need checks and balances for capitalism we're going to still call it capitalism but now we're adding checks and balances to it it can still be capitalism with a cap i just think and this is not to be on the far extreme of things but men have been ruling since forever, and it's not going well. I just think it's time for every for the men to just kind of, you know, throw up there and say, "Hey, we gonna step aside just for a year or two, just for just a year or two, and let's we let's see how things go." <laughs> I'll, I'll give you I'll give you something with that. Here's another thing that you need to recognize too. You guys had the opportunity to hire somebody female, and sixty percent of y'all was like, "No thanks." 60% of a demographic of y'all were like, no thanks. Just the gender. Just the gender. Gender, yeah. Because 90, what, 3% of black women voted for, or 96% of us voted for, yeah. for Hillary. Yeah. So there's a demographic <laughs> that was like, nah. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, like, it was, it like, was nah. her people. She, did, she didn't have her people in and check. And it's way more of them than it is of you. Absolutely. So that's the conversation the about the woman thing. The absurdity of America. Yeah. <laughs> Roy this Moore needed every black person in Atlanta. I mean, Doug Jones needed every black person in Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta in Alabama to vote just to beat Roy Moore by a couple of Moore. points. Everybody. Mm-hmm. The motherfuckers that didn't vote weren't near anything to vote for. There's a dude running for Georgia right now, running for governor. I'm not even going to say his name because I'm, you know, I endorse Stacey Abrams. Um, that's my spelling sister. But he has a commercial where he's sitting with a shotgun. Pointing at this kid. Pointing yeah, at the kid that it. wants to take his, his daughter out for a day. So yeah, this is America. So I, that's why I think Donald Glover's video, this is America, really, like, no matter what you think of it cinematically, you know, visually, or the actual song, even though one could make the argument maybe there's a little bit of appropriation from an Afrobeat stand there. And Nobody whether, can make that. I, only you said that. I, I said someone only you can said make that. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All I'm saying is i think the video truly captures america like and the absurdity of it like and and you know this is it like although donald glover cannot save us he did say that just for the record he is and this is not an original thought this is coming out of a conversation i had this morning but he is what we wanted kanye and andre 3000 to be and I think people just need to give up because I think there's a lot of people still holding out hope for Andre 3000 and they, they should let it go. If they didn't read that last Vulture article, you know, let it go. He's not coming back. 
um, and Kanye, um, he might actually be lost for good. So we just need to appreciate the national treasure that we have in Childish Gambino. All right. Tell us what you think. <laughs> we look forward to That's your feedback. You do me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go any farther with that one. <laughs> I'm Seth. I'm Jerry, and this has been the Three Spoons Podcast. The fabulous Kufrock. We see you. Thank you.